Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Nelson. How you doing, Jesse? Doing well, Joseph. It's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Talk to you as well. Coming at everyone from the terrace, as is the new regular. Yep. We're probably going to keep doing this <laughs> this way after all this is over anyway. Oh, based so. on our schedule, I think we've uh, accelerated or exceeded. What am I trying to say? We've, uh, we're doing better with our digital recording. Well, that's true. Yeah. Terrace recordings. Yeah. I think. Well, the beginning of the year here was a little uh, choppy. Um, I have, I think I'm behind on publishing a couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah. By the time this one gets out, it'll be June. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's March. It's, it's I March. promise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we made an effort to kind of take a break from the podcast in January. Yeah. Um, and then with all the crazy stuff in DC and the inauguration, we didn't want to get involved in that kind of political side of stuff, I think, and just take a break because there's so much going on right now that yeah. it's important to get some mental health, I think, and take the space. And then suddenly it's March. Yep. <laughs> so, well, suddenly it's <laughs> suddenly it's basically April. Like, oh my goodness. The air is flying by and everything is so busy, but uh, we're still drinking good coffee. We're still here. Yep. Yep. Um, what are you What are you drinking today, Jesse? Oh, I have a special coffee, and it sort of relates to what we were talking about, I think, but it's Tony's Coffee out of Bellingham, their 50th anniversary blend. Um, beautiful bag, mm-hmm. really tasty coffee. You know, it's pretty classic Tony's. It's nice, uh, light medium, very sweet, caramelized sugar, um, but just a lovely coffee, and, and it's, uh, it's a nice gift from them uh, for their anniversary. They're sending out a bunch of this coffee. Very Beautiful nice. bag. We'll post it on the Instagrams. Yeah. And that'll be Maybe. in the show notes. CoffeeLoversRadio.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Um, I what, have, are, what are you drinking? I have a uh, washed limo, Ethiopia limo, Whoa. Um, from a company that specializes in shaving soaps and shaving equipment. <laughs> ah. So, did you get some new shaving supplies? Oh, I did. I enjoy a good, <laughs> I enjoy a good like wet shave with a uh, safety razor, and so I like to get into the um, like uh, different kinds of soaps you can do, and other stuff. Um, you know, it's another another fun ritual that's not unlike coffee rituals, right? Uh, and I noticed the last time I <laughs> bought some new soap that they have coffee, uh, huh. so it's. Roasted coffee by Sterling Soap Company, <laughs> which is interesting. Kind of are they interesting. roasting it or are they just labeling it? Oh, they're like, roasting uh, it. Oh, yeah. cool. We uh, we have some friends in Seattle that have. Uh, I'm just shout out. It's called Little Orchid Andy Annie. Oh yeah, <laughs> little, little Orchid Annie, and it's a subscription flower box kind of thing. And they send out coffee occasionally that's roasted by other people. Then they rebrand mm-hmm. it, repackage it. Um, oh, that's so. cool. With your orchid Annie. flower subscription, you get little gifts, and occasionally it's coffee. Yeah, little orchid nice. Annie. Plus, it's a hilarious name, so it's fun to yeah, that's fun really to get clever. out there. Yep. Um, but yeah, they, it's it's good. It's good coffee. Like nothing wild or crazy about it. Um, a little fruity, a little floral, a little chocolate. Yeah, pretty um, classic, smooth. Yeah, washed limu. Yep, light roasted. Um, yeah, just uh, thought it was interesting to see. I mean, it, it makes sense. You get into that um, kind of world of 
uh, that kind of like wet wet shaving little niche uh, is mm-hmm. very much similar to you know people who are interested in like well crafted things, right? And ru- like, and routines and routines, know, yeah. Wellness rituals. It's kind. Of, it reminds me of uh, the cigar parallels. You know. Oh yeah. Just kind of that sitting and appreciating something. Um, goes exactly. hand in hand with coffee. Yeah. Well, that's cool. <laughs> One of the reasons I brewed this coffee today was because the subject we're going to talk about. Um, and uh, I'll just I'll just mention this and then throw the ball over to you because I think you have the most to say on this. But um, interesting seeing a a company that specializes in like handcrafted soaps and and other things uh, add on the roasting and selling of roasted coffee because that alone is a hard enough business um but it's hard when it's by itself so it seems like it could be a really interesting extra quick win to add on to another business right Um, well it's a hook yeah i mean it's it makes you think about going back there again um and if I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's clever. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Although, you know, I, I still, I'm going to them for the soap, not for the coffee. So. Right. But. But as a coffee person, I mean, you appreciate that little add-on. That's true. And, yeah. And yeah, I might so be inclined to buy more in the future when I'm buying right. soap. So. I'm curious whether they roast it themselves. They do. I mean, that's, Yeah. Yeah. That's like where the owner got a new hobby. It was like, oh, yeah, exactly. I can roast coffee. I think I'm just <laughs> going to put this in a bag. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. But yeah, uh, yeah the um, the economics of coffee are tricky. They are. We've definitely alluded to a lot of it, a lot of different areas of it. Um, it's just kind of occurring to me just as we open up and cafes are starting to get, um, you know, if they didn't shut down, they're starting to get more indoor seating and people are starting to return back to that routine of going out um just how important it is to support these businesses and kind of appreciate how expensive it is and how much skill it takes to uh, make a good cup of coffee um i think the problem is we sort of take it for granted most of the time um you know it's a daily routine and so we don't want to spend that much money on it but it takes a lot of a lot of energy to to make that latte Um, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, one thing working at a new coffee program is just kind of reiterating to me that, that, uh, you know, coffee's in this weird parallel or, or paradigm where it's, you can't charge more for a latte, even though your rent might be expensive or labor, you don't want to pay people, you know, more than a, more than a minimum wage, um, that you just can't raise those prices. You know, if you want organic milk, all that just cuts into the fact that you still have to sell your lattes for, you know, three fifty or four dollars for a little cup. Um, you know, and then you're also limited by how many you can make in an hour, for instance, how many drinks you can make. Um and it's so it's you know, you're stuck in this like limit of volume for sales, and then you're stuck at a ceiling for how much you can charge mm-hmm. for it. Versus other food where, you know, it's like, well, that's really quality pasta or that's amazing sushi there's so also charge two dollars more for it or whatever yeah. and you can raise those prices and people will pay it because they also appreciate that but coffee's in this weird little little universe that you're not allowed to raise the prices even though 
it's really quality. Yeah, there's a, there's um, an experience ceiling there as well that factors right. in, like an experience there, ceiling which is dependent not just on what you're able to make, but on the perception and and understanding and experience of the person having the coffee. Like exactly. For and, a lot and of, I'm not discounting like. Mm-hmm. People that are making amazing, buying expensive coffee and charging, you know, $6 for an AeroPress. There are cafes that are doing that and people do appreciate it. But that market is so, so small Mm -hmm. and it's not profitable in just on its own. It takes the routine of all the other, you know, standard drinks to. Right. Well, in in that like market with the selling the $6 AeroPress in the cafe is, I would say, probably comparable to the market where the bistro is selling the steak for $60, you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it's $60, you know, as far as right. revenue goes and what looks and, good for banks and lending and being able yeah. to pay off bills and have that that. And you're selling revenue. a lot more than just the steak for $60 when someone's buying a right. $60 steak. When someone's buying exactly. a $6 AeroPress, the only reason they're buying more than a $6 AeroPress is if they're a little bit hungry or they have friends with them. Right. And often if you're really trying to appreciate your coffee, you're not eating that much with right. it. Exactly. You know, um, it's just a one cup tasting experience. Um, you know, you go wine tasting, you don't eat a bunch of food necessarily if you're yeah. serious about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a weird, uh, but the wine tasting just to toss in there, the wine tasting yeah. works because you end up buying several bottles of the wine because right. there's no preparation of the wine necessary. Anyways, I well, jumped ahead Right, there. exactly. <laughs> well, the, but it's, yeah, exactly. That's the same thing. Same with, um, you know, a really good cocktail that's crafted with the same time and energy and skill that goes into a nice latte. Uh, you can charge, you know, 12, you know, minimum 10, but 12, $14, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, fancy bars downtown Seattle with higher rents, they charge $14 for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it gets expensive real quick, but people pay for it because of where it is, and they kind of appreciate that. But the, still, that bar wouldn't sell their yeah. cup of coffee for, no, you know, $5 instead of $2. Well, and again, when you're buying a really fancy cocktail, you're buying a lot more than just one fancy cocktail. Well, right. Yeah, the whole model. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, so I just kind of want to, I want to limit it to just to the drinks. I, I, I want to talk about some of the like basic napkin math that goes yes. into this and use some just round numbers to kind of break down what a $4 latte, um, actually, what, you know, what where that mm-hmm. money actually goes in that $4 latte. Um, and I think the important thing to consider is that labor and all this math that we're talking about, labor is all based at $15 an hour. Um, we know that Seattle's minimum wage is up to almost $17 an hour now, mm-hmm. um, $16.80. And then, uh, you know, there's taxes and stuff that come beyond that. But uh, just to keep the math simpler using these round numbers, um, kind of just break it down so you know a cafe that's open um 7 a.m to 5 p.m 10 hours a day uh if you have one person working this is all based on one person working um you're looking at 150 dollars a day in labor um and if you're you know a moderately busy cafe making 100 drinks a day that's a dollar 50 of every drink is going towards labor and that's kind of a fixed cost um so it's it's you know, so if you're paying four dollars for a latte, that's that's two dollars and fifty cents left to go towards all the cost of goods sold and any mm-hmm. kind of rent and taxes, um, equipment leases, anything like that. Um, so basically, it comes down to you know you try and have a busy cafe because you want to sell more drinks, but you want to be as busy as you can with the minimum amount of labor. You know, and that inherently hurts the customer service um, 
and the ability to move more drinks. Um, so it, it, it fluctuates in there with those variable costs. Um, you know, if it's $4 after taxes, uh, which is about like three seventy five, um, three seventy for a latte plus tax. Um, I mean, you're looking at forty cents in out of that latte going just right to taxes. Um, the cost of goods sold with the milk and the cups and the coffee. Uh, happy to break down some of this math, but it's it ends up being about a dollar twenty per drink. Um, you know, and the variable costs that you, that you uh, that fluctuate based on you know the cost per drink variance like the lease and the rent and labor that that easily goes to you know 10 cents to 20 cents for every cup going to the lease uh 50 cents to a dollar on rent um and that's all based on about uh 300 drinks a day versus 150 drinks a day um and so when you break it down on a four dollar latte the final cost of a four dollar latte if you're making 300 drinks a day which is quite that's 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 a drink every um, every two minutes for 10 hours a day. That's a lot of people. So if you're making 300 drinks a day, their profit is going to be about $2 per drink. But if you're only making 150 drinks per day, your profit is 20 cents per drink. Hmm. And so it's... Um, and and the person... Just, go ahead. Uh, you might have been about to say this, but the person who can make 300 drinks a day, that's... That's a skilled person who's had to have a lot of training and they're yep. only making $15 an hour. Yep. Which isn't true. <laughs> you know, I mean that, that person. And so, uh, but they're definitely not making 60 bucks an hour. Right. You know, um, they might be manager wage at 20, you know, mm -hmm. that's kind of where I go, especially in Seattle is $20 an hour is kind of my, my minimum wage for people that can afford to live in Seattle. Yep. Um, because it's so expensive. Um, yeah, and then that's also considering that you don't have anybody else working with you. You know, if you're making 300 drinks a day, that's a lot of table cleaning. That's a lot of dishes to do potentially, you know, as we start getting to doing in-house drinks again. Um, that's, you know, that's all the, the emptying the trashes and keeping that clean, restocking any of the supplies that you might need. And that often takes two people to kind of break that. Um, you're also, you know, you got to you got to give people a lunch if you're working 10 hours. That's somebody to come in and cover that extra time. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, a drink every two minutes, like a latte every two minutes, if you're sitting in your cafe and you're thinking about this, so if our listeners are there and they're waiting for their latte, how long are you waiting for that latte? And I think that's something to, you know, just next time you're standing in line or you're waiting in line, that's, that's something to consider. So these drive-through stands where you're waiting five, 10 minutes, um, you know, they're only making a, uh, you know, a drink every three to five minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're making a drink every five minutes, that's, um, that's, that's just 12 drinks an hour. Um, and yeah, 10 hours, even it's 120 drinks a day. And that's consistent. You know, we're talking mm -hmm. about the consistency here. So, I mean, if even the busiest cafes that I've worked at or been at, um, where you have a couple people working, I mean, you're, you're, you have a staff of three or four people to serve a cafe that's doing more than 300 drinks a day. Because you have to shovel pastries, you have to do the cash register, you know, you have to do all this other stuff to go along with that. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, I think the common thing is like, oh, you're in coffee. I get this a lot actually in Seattle, but oh, you're in coffee. You know, you must be making a lot of money if you have a cafe because everybody drinks coffee. And it's like, no, I make, you know, two cents, five cents on every cup of coffee that's sold mm -hmm. after, you know, all the other expenses. Um, 
So it's not just because it's busy doesn't mean that they're making any money. Um, but it also underlines um, how important it is to get something else to go along with your cup of coffee. You know, if you get that bagel, they're making 50% profit on that bagel with very little effort going into that extra sale. And all that adds to that bottom line to really support the business, you know. And so, you know, just having this this coffee routine where you barely tip, you pay one drink, and then you head out and, and expect that every day, um, that's not – you know, that's not actually improving the profitability of, of these small businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my little math rant there. My little napkin <laughs> math rant. We'll, um, uh, we'll put the napkin math in the, uh, extended notes. Maybe we'll just take a picture of your, uh, your napkin. <laughs> oh, that chicken scratch. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll redo it okay. on my proper napkin. <laughs> Better handwriting. Um, uh, this is this is uh, interesting. I would love to discuss this more with people because rents vary and and yeah. obviously minimum wage varies. Uh, but well, a quick point like on Seattle, that for Seattle. Is, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that I think that we're going to say the same thing. Probably, yeah, <laughs> uh, almost certainly. Uh, you were talking about paying twenty dollars an hour. You know that in Seattle won't isn't isn't a livable wage for a one bedroom apartment. I think the living wage level for a one bedroom apartment for a single person in Seattle is something like $27, $28 an hour, which like, no, there is no cafe in the city that can do that. For uh, $20 an hour, 40 hours a week is like just under $40,000 a year before mm -hmm. taxes. Um, and that's nothing. It's, that's yeah. not even half of what it takes to live alone in a one bedroom apartment in Seattle. That, I mean, that's changing quickly with all the repercussions from the pandemic, but, before the pandemic, the estimated cost was, uh, I think they said it was $87,000 a year to live comfortably with the standard um, breakdown of rent versus income and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so you're not even making half that um, right. at $20 an hour. Mm -hmm. you know? And so clearly you can't double that without raising the prices of coffee yeah. or without, you know, we, I mean, you just have to raise the prices of coffee and we have to drink less of it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's it's something that we're going to have to consider as these commercial real estate prices get so ridiculous in these cities that, you know, a cafe can't just be a cafe. You have to be a restaurant. You have to serve the food, you know, mm -hmm. and that means that you have to have all that extra equipment, all that, you know, the cash flow to make the labor. And it turns into a much bigger enterprise that really only favors the people that already have that and have the money to keep doing that. You know? Right. You can't start a new cafe as a new business owner and get a loan at all from a bank, but let alone a loan that says that we're going to make, you know, we're going to lose money for the first year until we get our clientele and the routines up. And then we're going to make, you know, a dollar on every person that comes in. You know, it's just, it's not enough money to, unless you have the financing at hand, it's not enough money to, to make it worthwhile to the bank for anybody to lend it. Yep. Um, so I don't really have an answer to this other than, you know, spend more money when you go to the cafe and get a more diverse array of, of. Yeah. Know, I think the only, the only cafes that seem to actually do well, quote unquote, well, uh, are cafes, which are tied to roasters. Um, and then, you know, I think it's, I think it's easy to presume that the cafe is kind of like a, like a, like a break even, I don't know, almost like a loss leader for selling their, the rest of their business. Um, I'm sure well, right. they are. That's a, 
yeah, that's a conversation we're having out here at the Aldrich's is that, you know, it's really important that we have good coffee and it's important because our clientele are buying a lot of other stuff and they're coming in on that routine and it's friendly, but it's basically just, you know, a service that sort of pays for itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, there's small profit there, but you know, we had a issue with our grinder. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that's, you know, it was a $300 fix to fix yeah. that grinder. And that's, that's basically your almost like all your profits for the week. Mm-hmm. to deal with that and without that grinder you can't do anything so yeah um it's precarious you know and it's i think that you're right like being able to kind of vertically align the green coffee to the latte in in-house you know isolates a, you know brings in all that the little bit of profit that you get mm-hmm. from that volume of roasting but it also adds a lot of ex- extra expenses yeah, that's and that's true and weird cash flow that we've talked about with green coffee for sure. Um, well, in in like the it, it's an incredible skill set. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. just like you don't get into roasting and making coffee <laughs> as if you're going to open up a bar. I mean, it's completely it's it's a very different and unique skill set that takes a lot of time and knowledge. Yeah, and you know, working for minimum wage for a career. Mm. <laughs> Um, or, or cash where you can just throw money at it and, you know, bet on 15 years out, but that clearly doesn't work for most people. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing about when you, when you are a, when you are a cafe and a roaster and that sort of thing, there's, uh, like a certain leverage you get, uh, in the marketing of your business, just as a, as a quick example from my own business, um, a publishing extracted magazine i'm not a cafe i'm not a roaster uh, but obviously all of my readers love coffee and look for coffee all the time when i offer coffee under my brand uh, and you and i have done this we partnered and yep. and like you've let me slap my brand on your coffee which is really wonderful the like conversion rate just straight up my ability to sell the coffee is logarithmically higher <laughs> Like <laughs> 10 is sometimes like a hundred times easier to sell coffee when I have that brand congruency because people's behavior with buying coffee is really well, tied to relationship and emotion over and you, like what the actual it, product is. I totally agree. Your, your brand also is kind of marketing, right? It's a digital, it's a magazine. Yeah, that's true. It's reaching people like that. It's kind of like the, sh- the shaving company or the, the soap company that, mm-hmm. that, is uh, they're they have a clientele that's going for something that then they if they throw out another product like coffee, knowing that there's some parallel customers there, that they they have an easier time marketing to those potential people, right? Because they already have an apparatus that's and, unrelated and a, to coffee and a strong relationship around an interesting right. craft. So anyone who buys their products who enjoys coffee is almost certainly going to buy coffee from them. Right. And then if you, but if you're a roaster and that's your main business is selling coffee online, you know, uh, we have like these subscription companies like Misto Box and people like that. Like that's all they ever talk about is how to buy their coffee online. And that's a lot less, a lot lower of a conversion rate, I would imagine. Right. Or we can, we can perhaps get into some of those numbers on a, on a different show. Um, but I, I think take you're also the cafe level I would, here. I would love to, but I think that that's also an important part of, this budget that we haven't talked about yet is how do you get to a good clientele, right? Mm, it takes mm-hmm. a lot of investment in, in marketing 
And my own experience, I, I totally get it. I understand algorithms and I understand how the internet works on social media and I'm not that great at it. <laughs> I can take photos and I kind of know what to say. I'm ha happy yeah. to make coupon codes. I'm happy to do this kind of stuff. But it's such a such a different skill set then of a new person to market your company. Yeah. And get the word out there and create that fervor. Now with all these expectations that you're monitoring all the review websites like Google and Yelp and all that, you have to review all those all the time to oh. see what people are saying. But you also have to maintain an Instagram, right? Which means you have to take photos. You have to do this. And it, like, it's, you know, maybe you have a barista that's really great at latte art and can take photos of it, but also yeah. you need somebody to post it and be responsible about posting it, you know, and not. Yeah. Cafe owners, you, you like have to do that. They just have and to, you do have that. to do, you have to do everything. Have to do you know? it well and, too. Yep. Yep. And you have to maintain that. I mean, I do, I manage some of these things and people get on there and make some weird comment and you just got to delete it, you know, but it means you have to check it and you have to maintain, you have to right. pay attention to all your uh, notifications and it's, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's really, I think underappreciated that latte every morning of what goes into making that they're available to you yeah. for, for, <laughs> well, and it's, it's, it's frustrating because the solution, like you could, it, it, if you feel bad and you, you enjoy going to your cafe and you enjoy getting a latte, you might be like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just tip more. I'll, I'll tip $2 instead of one. And I think, you know, for the individual in the moment, you know, that can be really nice, but that still doesn't add up to that much. And it, the problem isn't like the individual going in and getting, you know, a latte and nothing else. Right. The problem is that the entire system and expectation and perception of coffee is uh, warped all the way down the line yep. <laughs> by colonialism exactly. and exploitation. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's not something that like an individual can solve, which is No, and that's, I think there's a couple things to unpack there. I want to get into that. I mean, it's... Yeah. That. This the, um, there's got to be like two more episodes at least. Oh yeah, we're just gonna talk. This is our four hour episode. Uh, <laughs> we uh, the the colonialism and the cost of the coffee is always pushed down, right? So if you're looking at like, well, I can either pay a dollar more per hour for my employees, or I can buy cheaper coffee to make up that difference, right? So yeah. at some point you have to make that trade off, and that's 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 where. At Conduit and wholesale coffees, we struggle yeah. because we need to pay our own labor and we buy nice coffee, yeah, which costs money. And so when it's like, well, the cost of the green coffee is more than um, what other people are paying for their entire wholesale service. Yeah. Or, or there are other companies who are, you know, heavily uh, financially backed who are able yep. to just drop their costs in order to acquire customers. They're like, how can you compete with that? Yeah, exactly. You and can. that's a whole other episode. We're going to do is. an episode on that green coffee roaster math now that we've done this one. That sounds fun. <laughs> we got um, green the other thing I was going to say is... And, yeah. <laughs> and online uh, marketing math and all yeah. that kind of thing. Anyway. I'm making a uh, note right here. Green coffee roaster math. Look for that coming up. Um, but the other thing I wanted to kind of articulate here, and so p tipping more and going every day, uh, that doesn't actually help the business. Right, it it helps the the employees content right. with working, but it doesn't help the bottom line of the business. The banks don't see that extra tip; they just see that the business is barely breaking even on that drink. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so it's, but, but to get a good, you know, I mean, when you're making, when you're a person, a barista that can make 300 drinks an hour and you're rocking it, people appreciate that and they do tip you and it, and that's how you get closer to a living wage. Right. Um, it, you know, it can add up to 10, 12 bucks an hour if you're, if you're doing well and people are tipping well, um, you know, and that brings you up to that $30 an hour, but, but it's also relying on consumers to recognize that, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's kind of this, this, the system it's, it's, there's a dichotomy there between what, you know, the price on the menu is versus what people are willing to pay for it. And that's all up to the barista and their customer service to make that difference and get that pay, but it's relying on those individuals to make that pay instead of the system itself providing, you know, an opportunity to, to just flat out pay those employees more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really depend on people that are willing to, to pay more per drink. Um, and that's kind of a, that's a weird spot to be put in as a barista. Um, and it's difficult, you know, and it's also, you know, especially during a pandemic, you don't get, as much tip because you don't have as many customers. Um, right. Yeah. So it's, well, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where that really leaves the conversation other than, uh, I don't know. know. I feel like we're, I don't know. Maybe it's just a constantly ongoing conversation and we just got to continually roll out the map and be like, this is where we are. Yep. Well, right. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, keep going to the cafes and keep tipping yeah. your baristas and buy some other things while you're there, buying a t-shirt, you know, spreading the love, doing some marketing for yourself, you know, tagging them on Instagram when you're there. That helps so much when you can just like repost somebody's story to your own instead of having to make yeah. your own story, you know, that maybe, kind of stuff. Maybe that's um, the easy thing that, that anyone can do that might make like that is zero cost that would make a noticeable difference to a business over time is every time you buy a latte, <laughs> it's like, like post on every, Instagram, tag the business, like tell your friends to go. Right. Uh, I mean, if every and lay off the negative comments, cause those right. hurt 10 times the methane in the yeah. atmosphere. Every, if every person who went to a cafe, uh, shared their experience of that cafe, um, that would be like on social media, uh, right. that would add up significantly. Um, you know, that annoying thing when you're on YouTube or, you know, our podcast, uh, where we say rate and review and oh, yeah. give feedback, like that's, you want a barista saying that, like, please tag us on Instagram. You like my latte or tag us. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's, that's a weird thing to say, but it, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way this world is working right now. Yeah. And it's positively reviewed. Yeah. It's kind of toxic, but it's, it's also a good way to show, you know, business owners that are insulated from the good reviews because their heads are, you know, their heads are in the mud trying to right. make two cents on a cup that they, uh, it makes them feel good about why they're yeah. doing that. Well, and um, I can probably keep snowballing on this, but no, probably no cafe business owner can really afford to spend the time to figure out the marketing and the call to actions to, uh, to get people consistently supporting them outside of just buying a coffee when they come in. Right. If they come in. Yeah. I mean, paying a basic web person to come help with that, like $500 a month, that ends up being what about $18 a day. Um, and if you're making, you know, 180 drinks a day, 
that's 10 cents a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to somebody to take pictures for your Instagram, you know, like spending a couple hours a week on that. Um, you know, it's uh, the we could just keep going down the wealth yeah, disparity we can. And, and what it costs for hours. Well, I think we'll, we'll get into this on, on a couple of the other shows because I have, uh, you know, I, I could go on and on about the, the challenges of marketing and coffee. Um, and it, it all ties back into this, you know, the, the numbers that we laid out today. Um, it all comes back to the very small amount that you make from, from coffee as a business. But uh, okay. yeah. But how important it is as a business in any community or, you know, everybody expects there to be a cafe and coffee available. Yeah. And you wonder why it's not open on Sundays or they're closing early or whatever. It's because that, you know, 15 bucks an hour to make one drink isn't worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Um, I guess to wrap it up, I just, you know, as I'm drinking the end of my cup here of the Tonys, mm-hmm. um, 50, 50 years roasting coffee in a little town in Bellingham. That's in impressive. Washington. Like that's. That's so much dedication. That's so many, so many hours standing at a roaster, you know, and millions and millions of pounds lifted and roasted and distributed, bagged, you know, bagging machines, monitoring all that, like nitrogen fixing them, all this stuff now to just stick with the market. That's 50 years of some incredible dedication. So cheers mm-hmm. to Tony's Coffee. Um, I'm going to buy all a bag the efforts of theirs. Make. Yeah. I'm just going to do it right now. Work. And I, I'm I'm gonna link in the in the show notes uh, for those of you who want to get. Um, ooh, they have a 50th anniversary diner mug. <laughs> oh, cool! I haven't been on their website. Yeah, this is Actually. this is a, it's a well done website. Yeah, I should cool. say I have been on their website, but I haven't <laughs> I haven't investigated their their collection, their 50th anniversary collection. We have their coffee at the grocery store, so that's where we buy it. Gotcha. Just have our email exchange. Um, All right. Well, very um, good. Oh, a local Bellingham artist created the artwork on the bag. That's very nice. Okay. We can keep going on. Um, Awkward ending. Awkward ending. Yeah. You know, support people and give them a hug and tip them. And we're going to be able to give people a hug soon. I know. Wow. By the time this episode's out, I'll have my first vaccine. First dose. All right. Congratulations. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) this has been joseph and jesse with coffee lovers radio thank you for listening please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter visit coffeeloversradio.com there you can listen to our shows and click through to our patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff coffee lovers radio is a partnership between extracted magazine and conduit coffee just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show